Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11. And we're going to begin tonight. And I'm going to pray for the sick, so I won't, don't want to keep you long in, 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 during the message. Faith comes by hearing. We know that. And so we're going to talk about the subject of faith tonight or the spiritual force of faith. And, of course, we start in Hebrews 11.1 1, because it defines what faith is. And, and, and then uh, Hebrews, uh, uh, ver, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 uh, gives us some insight in what God, God's perspective on faith. Now, faith is the substance of things so far. When we went to Rhema Bible Training saying back in 1980, we were introduced to Brother Copeland. Now, let's think about this now. Only four years earlier in 1976, uh, the word of faith changed our lives. And uh, just because it created within us a hope that God actually wants us blessed. How many believe that God wants you blessed? And again, it's not based on your performance or based on your perfection or based on you do everything right, therefore you qualify. No, it's, it's, it's simply you being open to trusting God with your life. Trusting God with your life. And I can tell you this because I've said it before, but now this coming year we'll be celebrating 40 years of ministry here. But we've actually been serving the Lord for 50 years. And so I can tell you right now, just as the children of Israel, provision was made for them in the 40 years that they were in the wilderness, God makes provision for you. I can tell you because I'm proof of that. Amen. Not, again, based on everything, we, uh, because we did everything right. No, probably we did more wrong than right, but God will still honor your word if you have faith in him. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Uh, hope is, of course, has to do with the future. Faith has to do with the present. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's what the Message Bible says. If you want to put that up there, please. It says that the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God. So if you really wanted to uh, define a faith in its most simplistic term, it would be trust in God. Amen. So faith is simply trust in God. Say trust in God. Amen. Amen. Now, we can get into so many things. I want to get into the sense realm versus the spirit realm because when you were born and came into this world as a natural being, uh, you were trained about your sense. Everything about your life was sense ruled. Everything. Don't touch that, right? You know, uh, uh, everything was about the sense realm. Look, watch where you're going. And, and then all of a sudden you get saved and you're, 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 you fall into this realm called faith to which now you have to um, transition from the sense realm to the spirit realm, the realm uh, where faith is needed. Okay, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It, what, this trust in God, this, this God kind of faith, it's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors or set them above the crowd. Amen. And we'll get into some examples as we go on. And um, so why is faith? And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come by hearing Fox News. It doesn't come hearing, you know, uh, it doesn't come from the newspaper. It comes from the word of God. Say the word of God. That's why, you know, in the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, uh, God speaking of Israel, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, they had all sorts of knowledge, but they didn't have the right knowledge. 
So when, 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 when uh, the enemies would come, they would just freak out and get into fear. Or when lack would come, remember when they were going through the desert and they didn't have any water, what's the first thing they did? They said, oh, God, it's so wonderful. Know that just as you delivered us from Egypt, you'll provide water in the wilderness. No, they started complaining right away. So that's the human nature to complain instead of give God praise that he's everything you need him to be in your life. If he saved you, he will keep you. Everybody say amen to that. So... Um, so why is faith so critical to the lives of every, ge every generational believer? Because it's the only divine force that God gave us that we can tap into the spirit realm. And just, you'll tap into the spirit realm and get what we need from there to here. Faith is the only force that, that does that. Amen. I said amen. We've seen God do so many things uh, through our lives, through the force of faith. We trusting him. I used to stand out when I was in the moving business on the Mayflower Moving Company. And I've said this to some of you businessmen, and, um, and uh, um, even recently. And uh, I said, uh, one guy was saying how it just keeps raining, you know. Every time he's going to do a job, it rains. Well, I said, take authority over it. Command that rain to cease while you get your job done and it can rain again. I said, you got it. I used to stand out and just speak to the wind. I command in the name of Jesus. And we didn't have, I mean, there would be days and weeks where you didn't get a phone call. And you're just trusting God. Oh, God, we're trusting God. I'd stand out and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I command, I command the business come in from the north, south, east, and the west. And uh, next day, I command, and I'd do that. And all of a sudden, the phone would ring, praise God. And I knew it was God. I didn't assume that it was just, oh, yeah, just somebody called. Why? Because we had other competitors in the moving business in our area. They could have called anybody, but they called me. Why? Because I believe it was my faith in motion. So faith is very important. We can complain. Oh God, I just, I knew I should have never started this business. See, what you see today, what you see in this room today, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, is that you, this is, this was someone's faith in action. This just didn't happen. Because if because the devil wouldn't allow it. I mean, so, I, the other day I got so blessed. And Austin comes to my office and he knocks on the door and I said, what, Austin? Come out here, Pastor. There's someone here to see you. I said, well, who is it? It's, um, it's the son of Pastor Spricklemeyer. I think that was his name was. And, and uh, he was the pastor that was pastoring the church when we bought this building. It was the son now. And the son is 46 years old, and, and, um, and so he was a young man when, when they sold the building. He remembers it well. He was here when they sold the building to us. And it was Jim Spricklemeyer was a precious Baptist pastor, and he, uh, he was the one who, when we were going to buy this building, he called me and told me, please don't announce it to your congregation that you put an offer in this building because we've been trying to sell this building for 10 years and the, the voting board, we could never get it passed. And, well, and of course we knew that because this place was a disaster. And, uh, and he laughed when I told him that. He goes, yeah, it sure was, wasn't it? And so, and, and so he, um, uh, so, but it was, I said, it's too late. I've already made the announcement. <laughs> oh, he said, okay, all right. So they delayed it like three times, you know, the, they delayed the voting because they had to vote to pass it. And yet all the older people that were saved here put all their time, all their love, all their serving, all their money in this building wanted to stay. And everybody else, all the young whippersnappers wanted to go build a new building, in which they wouldn't pay for it. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That's the way it is. Come on, parents. They say, that's the way it is. Our kids have a lot of vision, but no money. Anyway, moving on. So, so they finally voted, and I was telling him. He'd never heard this story before. His son never heard this story, because he was laughing. And uh, he, uh, he said, I said, he, he called me. He said, Pastor Ben. I said, what, uh, Jim? He said, I, I, I couldn't believe it, but uh, it, it, it passed. I said, that's awesome. I could have said, well, I'm ex- I was expecting that. Yeah. He said, it's, I said, it's awesome. Yeah, he said, by three votes. I, he got three votes. I said, that's awesome. I said, no, I know exactly the three were. He says, you do? I said, yeah, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's all, that's all we needed. Amen. Hallelujah. He laughed. He thought that was funny. What a joy it was to take him through and show him all that had been done. I told him I saw some blueprints. I saw some blueprints uh, that they had made up in the 60s. That in the 60s, they wanted to get an elevator to bring the older people up into, the outer, up into here uh, uh, from downstairs. But um, they could never get unified to, to get her done. But he was sure blessed to see that someone's faith. I said, someone's faith. Not just mine. Your faith. Just, not just your faith. Praise God. We got the job done. Amen. Aren't you glad we got the job done? Let's give God the glory and the praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, why is faith so critical for every generation? It is because faith is the only thing that God has put within you so he can do what he wants to do in your life, especially when it's impossible. I said especially when it's impossible. Amen. It's, I, lo- I, wrote, I thought this was good. It's the only divine force which allows us, listen, to tap into the realm we were born from and the realm that we are to be born again for. We are to live by faith because we came from that realm, uh, praise God, especially when we were born again. First Thessalonians 5.23, and we're going to go to a couple of stories and then we'll pray for you. May the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God, and may your spirit, and I just wanted to get this and emphasize it, though most of you know this, that may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved sound and complete. Say sound and complete. Amen. I love that. And found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So from this, which I discovered years ago, remember I wrote a song on it, we are three-dimensional creatures, spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died for all three dimensions, your spirit man, your soul, and your body. How many honestly can say your thinking has improved since you were born again? So even salvation impacted you right away, praise God. But the Bible says that the more you read the word of God, the more you are transformed. Your, your, your thoughts are transformed. They're changed. You begin to think differently. And because you begin to think differently, you begin to speak differently and live differently. So, so you are three-dimensional. Listen to this. And you are stewards of all three dimensions. You are the word steward means manager. There's a scripture I told Tina to uh, read, First uh, Corinthians four two, and it says this: that moreover it is required, it is required that every steward be faithful. Every steward be faithful. That's a requirement. If you're going to steward, you got to be faithful to your to your stewardship. Amen. And that is in regards to your spirit man, 
your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and this body of clay, listen, that's constantly rebelling against the will of God. I just want you to know that so you understand where much of your warfare comes from. Amen. So, um, your salvation and relationship with God is based on faith and faith alone. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because he's spirit being. God is a spirit. That's why when I say lift your hands up towards God, you're lifting up to reach out and tap in to the realm of the spirit with your faith. With your faith. Amen. That's how you touch God is with your faith. You can't touch him any other way than with your faith. This means this. Listen to this. You love him by faith. You approach his throne room of grace by faith. You reverence him by faith. You worship him by faith. You fellowship with him by faith. You serve him by faith. And you'll obey him by faith. It's so interesting that every day of my life, and maybe that's why I can or have been gifted or blessed to write music, because constantly every day I'm singing to God, and when I'm singing to him, I'm always rhyming. Amen. Every day, seriously, every day I get some, a song from God. And I get so excited, and I go to write it down, I forgot what it was. And I think sometimes he does that because it's just for him. <laughs> it's just for him. That's, that's okay. Just for him. But I'm constantly inside worshiping him with music. Amen. And, it, and I told Andy one day, and I feel bad. I, I do. I feel, I feel bad because I turn on the message, the message channel. Is it called the message? Is that... The, uh, but that, they got Christian music on satellite. Is that what it's called? Yes. I don't know. But anyway, I can't listen to it. Number one, I can't understand the words. <laughs> Number two, if I do want to listen to it, I have to get stoned because it's too rocky. <laughs> Lighten up a little bit. I don't do that. But. <laughs> Jesus! I just, I just can't. I just, it doesn't move. Now, it may move this. It may move 90% of you, and I, that's awesome. But it doesn't move Stan, Barbara, I. <laughs> now looking down on it, it's just that there was music that changed our lives that you listen to today, you go, oh my God, this was horrific. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how I got into that, but it was good. <laughs> Meaning, everything we do, we do by faith. Amen. Even when we come to church, even when we come to church, oftentimes, I come to church, I literally feel no inspiration. So I worship by faith. The music isn't connecting with me, so I worship by faith. Amen. And a lot of times I get embarrassed. You may not know this, but because I sing loud. And I don't mean to sing loud. But I'm simply trying to give God the best of what I have. And, and thank God. Now, if I couldn't carry a tune, I probably wouldn't sing loud. But because I can carry a tune, I sing as loud as I can because I try to give God my best. Amen. Not trying to be big mouth. Sometimes I'll stop saying, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't mean to be you know, some loud mouthed singer. I don't want to be that way. But I do want to worship God. My pastor that I got saved under. Now, thank God he could carry a tune. But he sang loud. He could sing above everybody else. I mean, if nobody else was singing, Pastor Rivness was singing. How many believe you should give God your best? Yes. And if it doesn't come out vocally, it should come out out of the heart. Just as best you can give for him. Because he's worthy of it. 
And listen, it's in these settings of worship, reverence, honor. Um, it's, all, it's in this setting that God manifests his glory and begins to confirm things in your life that you need. I just want you to know that. Every time you come to church, listen to me now, very important. You don't get touched by God because you qualify that day because you did everything right. You get touched by God because you reach out to him with the, all the faith that you have in your heart. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 11, 1. This is the Living Bible, if you put that up, Tina. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty. Listen to me. The certainty. I want you to get, I mean, there's no, God left no room there for wavering, you know, for unbelief. It, uh, it is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. And again, once again, I'll write, uh, write this down if you haven't. Faith, this is the bang translation. I got this from the Lord a few years ago. Faith is a spiritual force inherent in God's word. That's why we teach the word of God. Okay, watch this. To whosoever, say, uh, say I am a whosoever. Amen. Amen. Whosoever believes for the purpose of taking you from the realm of limitations into the realm of no limitations, into the realm where nothing is impossible, where all things are possible. Give God a good shout of praise. Is that awesome? Amen. That's what faith, it, it, it's so awesome that he literally gave us a force that we can untap the limitations of our lives and receive the unlimited grace, love, mercy, and healing power of God in our lives. Amen. I said amen. And so the Bible is filled with examples. Now turn to Matthew, the eighth chapter. Just read a couple of them here. And, and, then we'll, and then we'll pray for you tonight because faith comes by hearing. Matthew 8, verse 1. We're going to begin there. When Jesus was come down, so here's an example of faith in motion. When Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Now watch this. Great multitudes followed him, but out of the great multitudes at that moment, none of them were being touched by God. None of them. And, I, and you can't tell me in that great multitude, there were many, and we'll see later on that there were, that were in need of a miracle. All right, let's go on. So, um, and behold, there came a leper and worshiped him. Amen. Thank God Jesus didn't believe in social distancing. Amen. Now, I'm, not, I'm just simply saying, I mean, amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Oh, he was Jesus. No, he was a man. He was 100% man, clothed in flesh. And the Bible says, he worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt. Now, I know you can, but are you willing? That's what he's saying. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. So right there, we have a clear picture of the will of God regarding healing. I don't care. All the testimonies you hear, you got to throw everything out and accept the word of God for what it is. Amen. Amen. So right here, we know the will of God. Let's go on, because we're going to pray for you tonight. And I want you to expect with everything in you, I don't want you to come forward begging. I simply want you to come forward anticipating because God is so good that you're going to receive what rightfully belongs to you. Come on. See, I want everybody here to believe for that because there's going to be people come forward that need a miracle. And I ask God tonight to display his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go on. And so, so the Bible says, immediately, 
I will be thou clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Now, I want to read the Message Bible, verse 4. He said, now, don't talk about this all over town. I just thought this was just kind of fun the way it was said. Just quietly preserve your healed body to the priest. Uh, quietly present your healed body to the priest along with the appropriate expressions of thanks to God. I just thought that was cool. Do you remember the 10 lepers that were healed? But only one turned around and thanked him. And the Bible says, Jesus said, you've been made whole. The others left healed but still deformed. He left whole. Everything completely restored. His, his ears that were half fallen off, his fingertips that were falling off, his toes that were falling, everything restored to whole because he gave thanks. Hallelujah. Now, close your eyes for a moment, please. Just everyone, listen to me when I say it. Close your eyes for a moment and think of something that God has done in your life. And right now, lift your hands and begin to praise him for it. Amen. Come on, everybody out loud, give him thanks. Amen. Give him thanks. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give him praise. Thank you, God. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. Amen. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 5. This is the living, New Living Translation. Now, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. He said, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus, now, I'm just going to tell you this because for some reason, the last six weeks, I kind of know, you know, I didn't really want to say anything, but I, I went out and I ran a, a, a little bit. I, one day I ran seven miles. And I'm only telling this because my feet were bruised. But I thought, I'm just going to run it out. Just, just really run, run till they get better. Well, they didn't. They rather grew worse. <laughs> and I've had so much pain in, in my left foot that I could hardly, hardly walk, even this morning. I mean, I hardly could walk from the bed to the restroom. And, uh, and, and, uh, and pain, extreme pain all day today. And it's so interesting how the anointing is. Because the moment I get on the pulpit, I have zero pain in my feet. I mean, zero pain. That, that is so interesting how that works. Amen. I had, years ago, I had two herniated discs. Has anybody had a herniated disc? It is no fun. I would lay in my floor in my office and moaning and groaning in pain because the pain was so horrific. I'd step out here in the pulpit and it would <laughs> it'd be completely gone. I think, I'm just going to live right here. Honey, bring me some food. And the moment I stepped off the pulpit back in there, whoo, the pain came right back on me. Is that something? So we know that it's the anointing that destroys the oak. Amen. Let's go on here. And so he said, he's paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come. And the Bible said, I will come and heal him. So right away, we know what God's will is. Lord, he says, oh, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come to my house. The only reason was, again, I want to take long, but he was a Roman soldier, therefore not in covenant with God. And therefore, because he was in covenant with God, he, he, um, he felt that he was surely unworthy to have the one he believed was the master to come into his house. And just say a word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Will be. Not might. Well, I sure hope so. No. Will be. That's the, is that powerful or what? And this is why he said that. 
He says, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. I've spent my life under authority. See, so many people want to do things for God, but it takes years to sit under the authority of God before God gives you the green light to be in authority. So I am, and I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. And the only reason, again, he was in authority is because he spent his life under authority. And he said, go, I say to them, go, and they go, come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen such faith, and the King James says, such great faith. Uh, uh, like this in all of Israel. Now, I'll tell you this, that many Gentiles, people like you that don't have a covenant with God except through Christ. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Jews at this time had a covenant with God of healing. The Gentiles only could have it if they tapped in with the same measure of faith, of course. And many Gentiles will come over uh, uh, will come from all over the world, from east to west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And why? It wasn't because God willed it. It wasn't because that was their divine destiny. It was simply because, like their forefathers, they disqualified themselves because they choose not to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And because he was the Messiah, he was their healer, but they refused to accept that. Hmm. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back because you, uh, because you believed, or go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young man servant was healed that same hour. Verse 16, again, the Message Bible. That evening, here it is, a lot of demon-afflicted people were brought to him. Why? Because they probably witnessed and watched the, ser- the centurion's servant getting healed, and, and they watched the leper get healed, so they brought him. And I mean, it, I'm sure there was tons of them, and were brought to him. He relieved, I love the, this is why I read the Message Bible. He relieved the inwardly, say inwardly. inwardly. He relieved the inwardly tormented, and he cured the bodily ill. See, today we live in a time when, because I want to pray tonight for anybody who might be having addiction, you want broken over your life. Today we live in a time where I think the number one demon spirit that is in the earth today was in the earth during Jesus' first, or during the ministry of the first, uh, the first generational church back in Jesus' day, after he rose from the dead, of course, the church was birthed, was an unclean spirit. Because we're living in a time of such uncleanness morally. Now, we live in America where it's not near as filthy as it is in other nations, but it's still evident. And the only way to get free from that is to be delivered from it. Amen. I was delivered from that demon spirit. Amen. You cannot, listen, you cannot be molested. I just want you to know that because you, molestation goes from generation to generation. Amen. Obviously, my grandfather was molested as a child. He didn't, he didn't know how to deal with it and conquer it, so he handed it down to our generation. But when I got to this generation, and that demon spirit loosed me, I was able to, not only able to just have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful relationship with my precious wife, but to bear three children, never to be touched 
wrong, and to raise seven grandchildren, never to be touched wrong. Now, that is the power of God in force. Why don't you give God praise for that? Amen. I just want you to know that God is... I just want you to know how wonderful he is. Meaning, I only say that to all of you. That so, be, so you, if you have any challenges in your life, you know they, they, what you have doesn't limit the power of God. Hallelujah. Andy, the musicians, I want you to come forward. Amen. Because we're going to pray for you tonight. Now, as they're coming forward, let me read just one more. Matthew 9. Again, uh, again, Jesus came to fulfill, and I don't have time to pray for it, Isaiah's prophecy. And why do I bring that up? Because Isaiah prophesied 730 years earlier, Isaiah 53, verse 4 through 5. He prophesied about the healer coming and bringing healing. Why is that important? Because it was an old covenant promise to Israel, and then Jesus confirmed it and solidified it for every new covenant believer. So say this out loud, healing and deliverance belongs to me. Say it again, healing and deliverance belongs to me. Amen. It does. Belongs to you. I'm just telling you because I want to encourage you tonight. Because sometimes we deal with things, you know, we're going, is there an answer? Yeah, his name is Jesus. Is there an answer? Yes, it's your faith. It is. Not, it's your faith. Your faith alone. All right. So in Matthew, the ninth chapter, he entered into a ship and passed over on the other side and came into his own city. And behold, they brought him a sick man that he had, he was paralyzed. He was lying on a bed. Now watch this, watch this. And Jesus seeing their faith. So obviously faith is evidence. You can, he actually could see their faith in action. Why? Because they, they brought the man that was paralyzed, why he couldn't bring himself, but they brought him, but they brought him, listen, they brought him expecting him to be healed. Just bringing him, that's not what Jesus saw. He saw expectation in their hearts that their friend was going to get a miracle. Of course, we know that he did. But me bringing this up is this point, is this. That he said to the boy that was laying there, whether he's a young man, I don't know, didn't say his age. Jesus' response to them was, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven thee. Well, for years I'd read that, I said, I don't understand. What kind of sins did he have? He didn't have any. Because he wasn't... he, he didn't need healing. Uh, he didn't need forgiveness of sins. He needed healing in his paralyzed body. Well, let's go on. Behold, a certain scribes said within themselves, this man is a blasphemer. <laughs> That's how they said it. <laughs> and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why think ye evil in your hearts? For whether, because now he's addressing them. He's looking at the Pharisees and the scribes. He's addressing them. And he goes, he goes, for what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and take your bed and walk? See, he was addressing both. He wanted them to know. See, he was pricking their hearts. He wanted them to know that the sin forgiver 
was in his, their presence. And if they would, listen, if they would just acknowledge their sin, they could be free. But their arrogance wouldn't allow that. Their self-righteousness wouldn't allow that. It's amazing the people that are sick, but they won't come to get healed. And I always go, why? Why? Well, I've been prayed for so many times before. It doesn't matter. If you're here expecting, come now. I said, come now. So the Bible says, Jesus was simply saying, what do you think is easier? To say that your sins, talking to the Pharisees now, your sins be forgiven thee, or to say, and they pointed at the paralytic, take up your bed and walk. Oh, but that you may know, the Pharisee, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. So then he turned back to the sick of the palsy and said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. <laughs> and he did. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.